Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcats. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to the Penny Bloom podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and this is the Bad Batch, bitches. It's your favorite, most effective group of podcasters. Well, more deviant than defective. I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Weather, the most effective right here. What a do, boys! Far and away, the most effective. No argument. No, no one, no one's going to argue close. with that. Not no even argument. close. Yep. No, no Far and away the most there. effective and arguably the most deviant. <laughs> Two words I like. Two honestly. words you like. We are also joined by Miles Butchers. What's up? Not not much, man. Getting on getting on nine months. We're nine just months, know, continuing nine to push through. doing this together. Pregnancy vibes. We've been at we're about to September. we're about to give birth to our podcast baby. Pregnancy vibes, I'm saying. We are we are giving birth to our podcast baby at nine months here. Like we've been at it for a minute. Sheesh, sheesh, sheesh boy. We are also joined by KBZ Kyler Barnett. What's up, homie? Nothing much. I'm ready. I'm happy to be here. If you would be on the patreon.com slash bloom, you would know. And we've got 45 minutes of extra content at the beginning of this episode and an untapped potential of minutes after the episode, which will include a very, very special info drop, which you will have already heard a preview of at the beginning of this episode. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that we are ready to dive in to the Bad Batch episode number four, Cornered. Uh, Let me hear your thoughts on this, Joe. How was it? So, as just a standalone episode, I would say it's kind of meh, because they were going to go to a place, oh, turns out they have to stop early, oh, and then nothing really happened, they're off, and they're going to the the same place that they start at the beginning of the episode. I get you, I get you. But, at the same time, in the grand scheme of things, as this is obviously just a part of the series of episodes, you know, it's it's a good episode to introduce Finnick Shan into the series, get her for the first time, yeah, um, which was great to see. Um, but really, other than that, I mean, there's there's not really much else that happened. You know, it's just kind of like a long chase scene at the end of the day. But uh, well, I, and you know, as soon as I watched this, I thought to myself, "Fuck, this feels like Star Wars. Like mm. this is." This is Star Wars through and through. I mean, a speeder chase through mm. the middle of a downtown marketplace in a very colorful, beautiful city. I mean, fuck. This is just good. And like, selling droids and, you know, oh, all of I mean, that. The like team Echo of droids and, we get this oh, episode. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, Star yeah. Wars all the way through. Reminds me of, like, uh, Attack of the Clones, the beginning of that movie with, like, mm. uh, the scenes in downtown Coruscant. You feel me? Like, mm. that's the vibes I was getting from this. Miles Buttress. 
tell me how you felt about this episode. Uh, I I liked it. I would I would agree with uh, Joseph that it it wasn't you know it was one of those episodes where they where they it didn't do a whole lot. They didn't do a whole lot, but I still yeah. I did enjoy it quite a bit. Enjoyed the uh, getting uh, getting good old Finnick, getting to see her run around and chase after people and uh, not be see... bionic. Yeah, dude, I love me some Fennec Shand. Fennec yeah. Shand is a top tier character yeah. for me in terms of Star Wars at this point. Like, I love this character. But I'm glad we're seeing a lot of her too. You know, the main. Oh, me too. I, I want. I want yeah. as much Fennec Shand as they're willing to give us mm-hmm. at this point. This is a game to a see. Really uh, cool, it's a really cool character. What's his name? The big dude get bonked on the head again. Yeah, Wrecker goes bonk. Wrecker. <laughs> oh no, not again! Yeah, but this was this was a fun episode. I want to reference a tweet that I found on Twitter from at uh, Obes Kenobes. Uh, Jim does a Star Wars. If you're familiar, uh, he's a great account to follow if you're into Star Wars content. I he's love that real, dude. He seems like a real down to earth dude who has a really, really a, a a very good understanding of what Star Wars is. Uh, this is his tweet: The Bad Batch is really pleasant. I get up early and turn it on, and it's just really nice. There's no urgency to it like Mando, so I'm just really enjoying it, and it makes me feel warm. Like, I understand why, but I also don't. Uh, then it yeah. says, Barista, please, please, God, just take your coffee. <laughs> but <laughs> That's kind of that's how I feel, too, though. You it, know? it absolutely like, is. Like, yeah. like Miles was saying last week, there's not an urgency to watch this. I don't feel like I have to stay up until 2 a.m. to watch mm-hmm. this, this show. I feel like I wake up Friday morning, and that's I'm I am so excited to start my my day off with some like pure Star Wars. Like that's what this is at this point for me. Like especially like I mean especially after this episode. I can't tell you enough how much I enjoyed this. Like it was like I said just pure Star Wars. It it didn't it didn't push the story the story forward a ton. It just kind of it it just was what it was and I appreciated yeah. that about it. Uh Kyler Barnett, how'd you feel? No, I agree completely. I I loved this episode. I agree on the show too. Like I was just thinking about this on my way home and I was thinking about the conversation you and Joseph kind of had after the episode when he was kind of like, I'm not sure how I felt about it. And you were like, oh, I loved it. I just think that the lack of like, I don't know. Well, no, I think like pressure of the show, like with Mandalorian, it was like, oh, I like you guys said, I've got to be, I've got to be awake, ready to watch this. And I have to be in a perfect state of mind. I have to be locked in for 48 minutes. I need to be making sure I'm catching everything, you know, with this show, it's so nice. Like, it's just so like, you get to sit back and enjoy the television. Like, kind of like you said, like you used to watch cartoons when you were a kid. And I think there's something so pure about this show and about that like watching environment that makes it so much easier to just enjoy and have fun with rather than like feeling like it's Mandalorian where it's like, Oh my gosh, there's this absolute innate like need to capture and understand everything happening. Where it's like, it's also made me realize that in terms of our podcast, I don't think we necessarily need something that's too pressing and too intense. No, man. Like we've seen with Mando, WandaVision and the Falcon Mm -hmm. and Winter Soldier. Like, we can casually talk about something like this for for an extended period of time and still get a lot out of it. Right, I agree. And pressing, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, and then as for the episode, I loved it. I I loved the way the fight, like the action felt, like in this city, like this. Just it seemed perfect for an, in a perfect environment for like Fennec Shan, for like oh, a bounty man. hunter to come into and like try to you know have this huge mission like like I, was, like in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that no, it was perfect. It was perfect. Or, 
Zam Wessel or whatever. Yeah, I, I loved the vibes of it. I loved the way the city looked and how it played in the fight scenes. Like, just the constant, like, bouncing up, down, you know, just that just feel of it was really awesome to watch and kind of fun. And then Fennec Shand, obviously. We've we've had many conversations about We've talked about Fennec Shand. L- lovely Fennec lady. Shand. Lovely, lovely lady, that Fennec. Can't. Lovely lady, that Fennec Shand. And what I love is that we see her riding with Boba Fett and Mando, and she obviously has a a code of some sort, an honor to her. And we see that this episode. She has zero interest in doing harm to Omega. She doesn't have any interest in hurting that dude who gave her information. Like, it's like, it's not a big deal. We'll figure this out, okay? I'm a bounty hunter, and if I have you on my good side, you definitely trust me. True. Which is like, which is like that's that's beneficial, you know, to have a bounty hunter that like you can go to and be like, hey, I need help. I mean, that'd be huge in the Star no. Wars universe. Be huge. I also huge. think I think one of the things I'm starting to I won't even say I don't know how I feel about it. It's not a dislike. I don't know. I, okay, I'll just say I like it. I'm beginning to become more and more a fan of Omega, and like she's becoming less and less annoying to me as the episodes go on. <laughs> and see, I've heard this. I've heard this take uh, all over Twitter that Omega is, isn't a good character. People don't like Omega. I haven't gotten that so far. Like I've I've enjoyed Omega thoroughly since we got her. The first episode, I was kind of with Joseph when he kept mocking her voice and just that Omega. constantly. That being in my head so much, I was like, ah, man, I'm not sure if I'm a fan or not. She just kind of gets, like, on my nerves. And then the episodes went on, and I'm seeing how just, like, like resourceful and just how, like, you know, handy she is and just, like, how much of a good personality she is for this show, how much of a balance there needs to be from, like, these brutes. I mean, yeah. uh, they're not all brutes. It's just Wrecker. But I mean, which makes are, you think, though. These are well, hunters. Hunters a brood. They're wow. very. They're very like just you know they're they have a little personality but they're still not totally human in the sense of personality yeah 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 they both but, but, they, but they're all very very narrow people in terms yeah, of their personality but omega being added into the mix of that kind of opens them up but also like makes her a lot more like just i like i've become more of a fan as the, the first episode it was like i was kind of on the fence but it's these it's last episodes, yeah, yeah. Especially last after episodes, last episode, have... especially after absolutely. last episode, where Wrecker really makes her a part of the family by giving her a room. Mm, and absolutely, stuff. absolutely. Like that's huge. And I mean, also, like Omega is an interesting character now because she's wanted. She's wanted, she's wanted by wanted. someone. My and guess is Palpatine. I I think she's uh, wanted think by Palpatine. The, in I think some way. The, yeah, I think it's just the Cameron Owens. Yeah, I agree. I no, week, no, I no, no. I said last week that the way Fennec Shand was going to get tied in was these Kaminoans were going to go looking for the ba- for for the Bad Batch. Yeah, and they were exactly. Because they just said they needed they needed the money. They they are the what the, what was the verbiage like? Uh, their dollars, like that is Kaminoan property. We need that back or something like that. No, yeah, that no. would include I think, Omega. I think Omega was Omega. meant. I think Omega was meant for something. It was clearly said that. Nothing is created without a purpose. There is a yeah, purpose behind Omega. There is a I purpose. Think, I think the newfound purpose for Omega is that they want to clone her. Like those are the clones. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say. I think no, no, no. there is a purpose. And who's the who's the number one customer of the Kaminoans? Who's the number one customer? It, it is Pal- the Jedi. Palpatine no, the is Jedi. the number one customer at the end of the day. Because all those guys are going back to him. 
whenever he says, hey, execute order 66, he is allowing the Kaminoans to make the army for the Jedi so that he can have them at the end of the day. That's Palpatine's army. That is not the Jedi's army. I I think the cam I think Omega is for Palpatine, and maybe this is how we get into how Palpatine got into his cloning path and how he made Snoke and all of so that, that sort what, of thing. Is that what you think Omega's purpose is? Is to somehow yes. uh, figure Link. out how to clone a Force being by maybe setting up increments of sorts, like she, like we've seen. She is I think, highly, highly uh, uh, perceptive. She knows I, yes. when things are about to happen. So maybe that, that was her enhancement. And they're thinking, if we can have this enhancement on a clone, we can give it a force. No, a force that's, one. I think it's and another that's baby how we step. get Ray. I think it's another baby step, mm-hmm. though, because I think this is a, this is a precursor oh, to what we saw. Hold up. I'm sorry, Joe. Kyler said something pretty interesting that I want him to elaborate on a little bit. We have been getting a lot of parallels between Omega and Ray. Is your is your speculation here from what I understand? Okay, well, so Rey listen, listen. I, I, if I'm going to give Joseph some credit here based on how you kind of fluffed Joe's words up. Okay, Joe's was kind of it was, it was kind of hit or miss and then you fluffed it up with some of the extra shit and then I was kind of feeling it and that's when I came. Look, if Ray is a Palpatine of some sort, and Palpatine and, and Joseph's theory is responsible for this Omega thing and the purpose. And if Omega is supposedly Shit. perceptive and she's Colton, you're saying uh-huh. is going to be a fo- clone to be a force being, would it not make sense that Ray was maybe the first and Palpatine? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it would make sense. It would make sense. I don't hey, think hey, they'll hey. do it. No, I don't think I so. No, yeah. personally, I don't think so. But like, it was that's a theory. A fun, that, that's a fun no, line of thinking. But, but that was just a thought. Yeah, well, but Joseph the started it off and then Colton. There's, a, there's, there's the, the other side of the coin. Closer, and then there was there. There's the other so side I of the coin. I just was like, yo, imagine. I feel, you. I feel you. The other side of the coin is not that serious. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not Ray. It's not. It doesn't lead to Ray. I think that Omega Damn. is like one of the first baby steps in in the process of Palpatine finding a way to stay alive and make Force sensitive clones. Blah blah blah. Because in the Mandalorian, we see Grogu's DNA be taken, and this is sorry. Go ahead. Like, who do you think behind or is behind all of you know the gathering of Grogu's DNA? It's probably Palpatine. He's looking for a way to clone Force-sensitive beings or possibly put his consciousness into one. And I think Omega is like a, a baby step in this process. So, I see you. I see bro, you. So the man that comes out with the most crazy takes wants to look my take in the face and spit on it and say, nah. <laughs> kind of, because this is what I think. This is Damn, what I think bro. is happening. This is what You're I think is happening. You're telling me I was too outlandish for <laughs> that guy? You haven't forgot. At the end of the day, this is what I think is happening, and it's on a much bigger scale. I think Dave <laughs> Filoni is fixing the sequels. Oh. And this is his first step. This is phase one. Dude. And let me explain to you. This is how big it is. I Get swear to you. shit on I, Tyler. I swear to you that th- I full-heartedly believe this. That this simple thing, showing how Palpatine is cloning everything, it's going to link Grogu, right? And where's Grogu with Luke now? So 
Grogu's going to either have to die at the temple with Kyler or Kylo or something. Grogu, there's, there's more Grogu to be found. And maybe, you know, Grogu being the future of the Jedi, maybe this gives Luke reason enough to want to kill Kylo and make him act that way. Because that's, that's one of the main gripes that Star Wars fans have with the sequels is that no way Luke Skywalker would want to just instantly kill his grandson just because he saw, you know, a shred of darkness in him. Because for his father, he would never, you know, he said, just because there's an ounce of light in you means that you can be saved with his father. There's no way he does that with his grandson. You know, there's no way he's just like that now. But it would make sense if Grogu was on the line. If Luke saw a vision of Kylo killing Grogu, I mean, to save the future of the okay. Jedi, hold up. wouldn't... Hold up. I ain't ever heard Joseph spit facts the way he's spitting facts this right is, now. Right? I, mean, <laughs> I literally think Dave Filoni is fixing the sequels. And well, there's, like, there is a theory. And like now, now that's a theory that even branches into real life. As we have seen Dave Filoni recently get get promoted to executive director, exactly executive creative director of Lucasfilm. What so better way? It, what better way to fix the sequels than just to lock even, in what we saw them necessarily, but make them make more sense? No, but like if Dave Filoni does this and he executes this, this changes everything. Like it changes the way I see the sequels completely. Like, I see the sequels like, oh, my God. Like, these are actually really good for what's actually happening, you know, that we didn't get in the sequels. Like, knowing that information changes everything if it turns out to be true. And that's that that would be cool. Okay, if you were Luke Skywalker, if you were Luke Skywalker and you had a being that lived to 900 years old or a grandson – that you saw that was going nephew. to kill that bean, or sorry, nephew, <laughs> that was going to kill that bean. And you know, you're a pretty deep with the Force Jedi. Don't you think you would maybe think about killing your nephew? Well, see, that's that's another thing that 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 has always bothered me is that just because, like, the thought that just because Luke once upon a time looked at the good in his father means he can't see the good in his or that he would have to see the good and always be good from now on in the rest of his life. Here's the thing. Luke is a human. He's going to have natural fucking. uh, But I don't see that. If he's the man that's opening up a temple to teach Jedi and create a new, you know, a new era of Jedi, there's no way that he is going to be like, Oh, my nephew has this much darkness in him. Like, I'm just gonna kill him. I mean, There's no way he switches like that. Like, I mean, I'm, Yoda, I'm Yoda, based that. off of the fact that Anakin was fucking like three years too old, decided, nah, fuck this kid. Like, throw him out in the streets. Dude, Grogu, that's that's huge. Having another Yoda. I mean, you have another Yoda. Like, Luke saw Yoda die and At realized, yeah, he realized, oh my god, this dude literally is the jedi he knows pretty much everything he knows more than anyone else here <laughs> that dude like okay he, okay like, here's the thing the speculation here it, it does require a lot of elaboration that's we true would, we would need to see it 
But I will say it is feasible. We what, why why would they the show Luke taking Grogu if they weren't going to show it? They showed us Joseph, Luke taking I Grogu. Get, and there's only one behind. place where he's taking him. There's only one place. I can get behind everything you're saying, Joseph. I just have one issue with this entire line of thought. And that's the fact that I don't think Dave Filoni is going to have the Bad Batch have that big of a significance on the overarching no, no, Star no, no, Wars no. universe. That's not what it is. That's I'm not what it is at all. That that's not what it is at all. Part. It's like it an Iron Man introducing the smallest little details that lead up to Endgame. This is like planting the seeds. Dave Filoni. Yes, think but I don't Dave think Filoni. I don't. I, I, I'm. What I'm he saying is, I power. don't think he no, has I, that power. No, what I'm if saying is, I don't think, think he has that power. I'm not saying does. he doesn't have that power, Joseph. I'm saying I don't think that those seeds would get planted in the Bad Batch. They would. This is because a perfect place. Not to enough put people. It. Perfect place to put it. Perfect. No, you would want that in some place that where where more people would see it. No, 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 no. Because think so about what happened. In- the thing is that if the seed, if the seed planted here, is that Omega is the first step in the potential of cloning Palpatine in the future to inhabit a Force body. That isn't hugely necessary to understanding the overarching plot. It's the analogy that I would put to it is like the first mention of an Infinity Stone in the MCU leading to Thanos and Endgame. Like this is what this is where we're at. And this is what I think Dave Filoni's doing. We have so many shows coming out. So many shows coming out. He is planting so many seeds. He has the capability to literally do anything. And, and here's he- the thing. If you're going to clean up a storyline, like a storyline that a lot of people see as inherently flawed, and you're going to try and connect the dots that people tried to poke holes in, you know, is there a better place to start than – 50 years before the sequel trilogy like if he can if he can close the gap here by any means like i think i wouldn't be surprised if he tried to do it i don't think he's going to dedicate his career though to fixing yeah, that's what a property that he didn't yeah. start dude that's so time consuming and honestly but like, I, while he may I don't want th- to it that's the most like that's not as fruitful as some of the but work. But that's the thing. That's not as fruitful the... as, as like his labor could be. Like the labor of yeah. doing things he is creating from start to finish. I know. Instead of trying to fix someone else's work. That's the thing. Dude, he what would you rather have? Behind... Oh. Okay. Dave Filoni is – I understand that he doesn't want to dedicate his life's work you know, to fixing another's problem, I guess. But – the thing is, is that now he has Disney behind him. He could just be, you know, wind the clock. He could be the George R. R. Martin, say, hey, these things have to happen. I'm planting these seeds here. He's the Kevin Feige of sorts. He says, these critical things need to happen. You fill in with everything else, but these critical things need to happen. You know, this will strengthen my character. This will strengthen Ahsoka. Because I'll get her in, you know, in her series, and this will be some critical stuff with Ahsoka, because he loves Ahsoka. That's his little baby. He would do anything for Ahsoka. And honestly, it's not that much effort for Dave Filoni to do. Like this dude bleeds Star Wars. He knows every little detail about the universe. And who's to say that on, you know, on a lunch that he had at Denny's, he was like, "Oh my God, I just found out how to how to fix the sequels," like. I don't know. Yes, I don't but put if, it... you're, if you're going to go through all that effort for all that, you're going to put it towards 
his like he's going to put it towards his own his own work and not put it towards fixing something that's already it's already done over towards his own work see here's the other here's the thing where i understand where joseph is coming from the way he has already somewhat retconned some stuff in terms of grogu going to luke's jedi temple and uh just the introduction of all of all of the bad batch and the the beginning of the empire like he ha- he has full control over a lot of stuff and especially with the mandalorian as of right now it's not like him trying to him quote trying to retcon anything has gotten in the way it just naturally has mm-hmm. you know like it it just naturally has retconned things or not naturally retconned things but yeah, it potentially had an effect on things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's what I'm saying, though, is like with that, he's not going to be coming up with with ideas thinking like, all right, you know what? Everyone hated, you know, this part. Let's go back and let me think of something that could fix that. Instead, he's going to come up with the storyline of Omega and think, what can I do with this that does what I want, not what other people want? That's which is my, my issue with it, which is why I think he is okay. he has come up with an own his own issues for future storylines that he is going to do, and Omega is going to be the solutions for those storylines, not the solution for how the fuck did Palpatine come back to life. I understand that you're seeing like this is way too, so much effort for just Dave Filoni to fix you know a problem, but at the same time, these are all his shows. These are all his shows, and they're all great, and each one of them are going to go down as fantastic. Where are they all leading? They're all leading somewhere, and they're all cliffhangering to the sequels. Mandalorian cliffhangering to the sequels. Grogu goes with Luke. What is that? Pre- what is that? What does that scream? It screams we're gonna we're gonna see Luke and Grogu in the future. Yeah, but if that we, doesn't necessarily lead to the prequel. Uh, but it way does. down the line, maybe it leads to the prequels. But it, but does. They can, it just they leads can do, there. It's just natural. They can These spend his entire are, life going toward go spent on stories that it's that not lead his entire life. The prequels, Think about his creation. I'm sorry, we have talked about this a while. Yeah, we can speculate all we want on what Dave Filoni's intentions are. How about we dive in? To the uh, to the episode, scene by scene breakdown. How would you feel about that? Maybe that's a good idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, bad bitches number Just... four, bad batch bitches number four, cornered. It's the title of the episode. Uh, we open on the crew in space flight plotting on their next move, and they agree it's time to hide. You know, and Omega's like, "What the fuck? Are we gonna hide now? I just <laughs> I was stuck for my." She was pissed. Life. Let me pissed. go somewhere. Let me explore. And Hunter's like, no, not yet. We'll get there. But, you know, we got to wait till things settle down. And Tech informs him that, you know, laying low isn't an incredible option. They've got to do shit. They've got, they, they're running low on rations, running low on supplies. They need to re-up since the Republic is not providing them with such things. And uh, Echo chimes in that their signature, uh, their ship's signature is on a wanted list. And Tech says, no worries. He can fix it, you know, but they just got to make landfall on this planet called Pantora to make these changes. Uh, they exit, uh, you know, the ship, or not the ship, they exit the room on the ship, and Omega marvels at the hologram of the planet and is like, yeah, we're going to Pantora. Like, she's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to see some shit. I, lo- I love that about Omega here in this episode, is that she is just desperate to see things. She wants to experience the world, the galaxy at large. 
and I appreciate. I would that. be. I mean, if I was stuck on an ocean planet, I'd want to see everything. You know. Oh, absolutely. Like, a planet even just where to go pee rains? in a new bathroom. Even to go pee in a new bathroom. Think about that. You can pee in the same bathroom your whole life. Like, I, like, come on, that'd, that'd be, be a whole epic. new experience. Man, it'd be pretty epic. It'd be pretty epic. But you know, they what enter Pandora's bathroom, and also like? interesting. Interesting that the planet Pandora is so close to the planet or the name Pandora. Do you think that this was obviously alluding to the? potential dangers of opening Pandora's box like like you go down on a planet not knowing what you might find and you get hmm. in trouble interesting could be it or it could just be sounded like a Star Wars planet name yeah it could be could be you never know <laughs> but it, it is a cool planet name nevertheless yeah but you know they enter the the planet's atmosphere they land in the docking bay and uh Walking off the ship, Wrecker complains that they shouldn't have told him that they were out of rations because now he's fucking starving. And approaching from nearby is that overseer of the docking bay who's just a complete and utter fuckboy. And he uh, he says that he needs to scan their ship in. But Wrecker tells him he can't just go ahead and – he can just go ahead and skip that part. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, get to it. You can, you, can get, you can just move right on past it. And the guy looks at me and says, it's like, I suppose I could do that. And Wrecker and Tech are like, hell yeah, dope. Sounds like See a plan. Ya. And he's like, "Well, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I guess you guys didn't get what I was saying. I need, a, I need a bribe. I need a bribe." And they're like, "Is that enough?" And he's like, "No." And they give him even more credits, and uh, you know that's 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 all he that's all she wrote there. And uh, you know, Wrecker's like, "Hell yeah, we're getting the hang of this civilian thing pretty well." And I think he's got civilian wrong there. I think uh, they've got the fugitive thing going relatively well. It's not going perfect by any means at this point, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. But well, I kind of like the, the vibes that, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, uh, no, I just kind of love the vibe around the Bad Batch, like, this whole, like, they now have nowhere, like, no place, really. They're kind of struggling to find their place and where they fit in or, like, what they're going to do now. I mean, obviously, they're trying to run away, but, like... You, you know, eventually you got to stop somewhere and figure out how and where, you know, what you're going to do. So I just kind of like that, like, feeling of, like, they're just trying to make their way away, but also trying to figure out where they fit in or, like, what they do in the meantime. And, like, for me, I just think I like that's it. a fun – it's a fun storyline to follow. And in a show like this where it's, you know, animated and it's got that Saturday morning cartoon feeling about it, that's a great storyline for that kind of show, in my opinion. Well, in Mandalorian, you know, we got we got this the, the same sort of thing, but we didn't get the broke aspect of it. Mando always had money. He was always able to pay for the things he wanted to do. The Bad Batch are straight up out of things. They are out of <laughs> like they need Literally. to re up on everything. Like if that's what this is, is them surviving in the first days of the Empire and ultimately battling the Empire in an interesting way, leading to the first rebellion potentially, like. Like, wouldn't that be satisfying? Wouldn't something like that be awesome? I think that's just a hmm. great, I think that would be a, that'd be what a if, really great place to leave. What if What if Omega is Ray? Dude, the timeline doesn't line up. I already thought Dude. about it. How old would How does the age line up? Ray was like Ray was like 20 in in the sequel trilogy uh for her to be for this to be Ray, she would have to be, you know, like Luke's age. Yeah, she would have to be pretty old at this point. Hmm. 
Actually, she would be older would... than Luke. Mm. She, yeah, she would be, be pretty someone. cool. Because that would be pretty cool if Ray ended up being a clone. Joe, just come over to my side and say my take was right because I felt like that was pretty big brained. <laughs> nah, Kyler, your take was way too out there for even the likes of Joseph. For even dude, the likes crazy. of Joseph. I really made this man Joseph say, dude, holy shit, calm down. Dude, calm, chill the fuck out over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, the fuck boy who took the bribe goes into his office and he immediately rats on these dudes to a bounty hunter. And uh, we find that this bounty hunter is the one and only Fennec fucking Shand. I was like, hell yeah, we're right here. We're we're in it now. She's she's officially being introduced. And, uh, you know, Omega, or, uh, shit, where was I in my notes? Oh, yeah. She, they pull up, a, or she pulls up a hologram of Omega, uh, Fennec Shand does, and tells this dude to make sure that they don't leave. So, it is clear the target of the bounty hunters, the bounty is set on Omega. Omega is the person who was wanted. And from the get-go, we probably could have guessed that. We probably could have guessed that. But granted, it also could have been on any of the Bad Batch. You know, they're all wanted men at this point. Uh, but I like that so Omega, I guess, well, I like that Omega uh, is the part that, like, she's the one who's wanted. Well, I think it reflects in, like, again, to kind of go off what – it's not necessarily going off Joseph what he's saying, but it would kind of lend a little bit of credence to the initial part of what he was saying. That just shows to me that the Kaminoans value Omega greater than any of the other six. They're probably thinking, well, if we can only get one, who is the most valuable? We need to and who do we want to keep happy? So, well, and they're probably also, also think Ease. Who's the easiest to probably That's what I was going to say. It could also be of. the fact that she is the easiest. And what I was going to say earlier because what I think they're the main issue that the Kaminoans are faced with now is the fact that the D like uh, what's his name's DNA is degraded. I think she could be an answer to that. Or it's the Kaminoans wanting to be like, hey, who should we keep happy and who are we the most afraid of? Oh, that Palpatine guy who could kill us pretty quickly and he's pretty creepy and old and old raggedy and wrinkly. Like yeah, I, was gonna, oh. I was gonna try and get something in there without starting another. You I'm know, sorry, man. Long discussion. Just, it, it all leads to Palpatine, and it all leads to Dave Filoni being the mastermind behind fixing the sequels and making them his own baby. Oh. But back on the planet Pantora, Wrecker isn't happy with the task assigned to him. Why is it that him and Tech always have to do the repairs, and Hunker, uh, Hunter and Echo get to go off sightseeing? And Omega perks up at the word. He's like, sightseeing? What? I get to go see sights? And Hunter tells it has to be the killer of joy. You know, he's like, no, 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 no. This is a plot. This is a supply run in and out quietly, quickly. And Echo's like, yeah, Wrecker, that's why you got to sit the fuck out. You stand too out. You sit, you stand out too much. And, uh, Wrecker's like, fuck, what? You mean you don't? And Echo puts on his disguise. He's like, not when I'm wearing this. And, th and like, when I first saw this, I was like, are they trying to pass him off as a droid? Like, is that the route they're going with this? Yeah. And it turns out that's what they succeeded in doing, but it also doesn't seem like that's what Echo anticipated later on. You know what I'm saying? How did, how does Hunter like just know, pass just as not suspicious? You know, like he has the most recognizable face in the galaxy. I don't know. He's just a normal looking clone. He's got to be gone. There we go. Wow. That's why I didn't respond, Joseph, because Cole oh. was frozen. <laughs> Are we back? 
Oh, he's frozen again. Your Wi-Fi's a joke. I won't work. Hello? Nope. Holton? Holy shit! Col- Col- Colton? <laughs> that was a that was a God long one. I'm surprised it. you're still in that it. That was bad. Uh, now we got some new we got Joseph, some new I Wi-Fi 100%. in the house, and boy, oh boy, does it fucking suck. Damn, <laughs> new Wi-Fi. New Joseph, Wi-Fi. I completely get where you're coming from about the uh, about like how Hunter because you know half of his face is a fucking skull tattoo. Yeah, but, but at like, the same time, he is also the most like normal looking out of the group. But he's literally he has the most recognizable face in the entire galaxy. Yeah, the if someone's most. looking, if someone's looking for it, they're gonna immediately no. notice him. It's like, oh, there's another one of those clones that we see every. Fucking no, but day. he doesn't. He doesn't look exactly like a clone. What? And he can at least pass for like a because of his hair. Because of his hair, he doesn't. No, pass he has a, a different. His face looks different. He's the only one that looks like a normal looking dude, whereas like Wrecker is, you know Wrecker looks the least is, like a clone. He looks the least like a clone, but he's a goddamn yeah, brick. And who would want to mess with them? Um Echo, you know you know, Echo's Echo's Echo. Echo's Echo. I'm getting heated over this. What the I don't know. Oh I need to chill out, boys. I'm sorry. Oh, fight me. Fight me. Just fight somebody, Joseph. But I will. You know, Hunter Hunter says that Omega is with him and Echo for their uh, their quote sightseeing, and they make their way off. And Wrecker yells after them to make sure that they uh, bring back something good to eat. You know, Wrecker's trying to Wrecker's trying to munch. He's a big ass dude. And uh, the fuckboy in his office watches on as they make their way out the uh, out the uh, docking bay. But in the streets of Pantora, Echo, Omega, and Hunter walk through a crowd of civilians cheering on the stormtroopers who are marching through the city, and Omega's like, what the fuck are they celebrating for? I seem to be in a whole lot of panic all the time. Uh, and Hunter tells her it's the end of the war. And uh, they stumble upon another chain code outpost with the hologram and a, a voice of Admiral Rampart bellowing propaganda for the Empire, you know, and Hunter notes that things are changing quicker than he thought. He's like, and I, I like this little detail because it's like, how much can Hunter really tell that shit's escalating? You know, but it, it, it's a nice little wink at the audience. Like stuff is escalating quick for civilians. They they are very quickly being accepting of the empire, and the empire is winning them over very quickly. Like this is this transfer of power has gone over surprisingly well. Uh, but uh, oh shit! But but they stumble upon uh. Or no, Hunter notes that things are changing quicker than he thought, and Omega says that the war is over. Isn't that fucking good? Like, shouldn't we shouldn't we be celebrating? And uh, Echo tells her it depends on what side you're on. You know, right now we're not too fond of the Empire, so maybe we should still be fighting. And uh, back with the Tech and Wrecker at the ship, he very unceremoniously begins tearing apart the ship to get to the uh, the signature, so that Tech can fuck with it. But at, at, back at the markets of Pantora, Hunter tries to sell. The, uh, the one and only detonator they have. And uh, it's the only thing worth credits on their entire ship. And uh, the merchant tells him that this isn't going to work due to the fact that he's running a reputable, he's running a reputable, bus- uh, reputable business. Holy shit, that was bad. Uh, but this is some black market type shit. You know, he can't deal with, he can't deal in this. And uh, Omega, being a curious cat, looks through the items of the shop, knocks over one of them. And the merchant yells at her, if you break it, you buy it. 
And obviously, as a child, even when, like, I, I heard shit like that, you know, you get scared. You're like, oh, shit. I really fucking wish there were puppies dude, right now. No, dude, no. Every <laughs> time, dude, no. Puppies. When you were a child, there was, like, nothing scarier than getting yelled at by someone that, like, you didn't know. Like, if it was your mom or even, like, a friend's mom, like, someone you knew was okay-ish, like, you could, like, get over it slash, like, you could understand it. But, bro, the fear when a stranger would yell at you, like, you'd be out in public, like, in a store, and, like, dude, somebody would yell at you in the store, bro, that feeling, that, like, sinking and scary feeling that, like, a stranger had the also, balls to yell at you. Also, frankly, scary a grown-ass person yelling. If you're yell, if you're a grown ass person yelling at another person's child, fuck off. Grow the fuck up. Yeah, Stop have being some feel. Have some Do something feel. else with your life. Those people suck. Just be sensible, but you know, Dude, Omega no. apologizes. That's, that's quickly shit. rushes to pick it up and stuff. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna Joe. start yelling at children. Out. Now. I was cutting out. Yeah. You're gonna start yelling at children. I agree. I'm start, yeah, I'm gonna start yelling. Joseph, at I'm. I can get behind that. <laughs> they deserve it. Dude, I literally yeah. substitute kids all day. Golden day Corrals and yellow yell children. Come on. Come on. That's my slogan, bro. <laughs> you know, my slogan. Uh, she apologizes. She picks up the shit that she, she knocked over, and Echo approaches her to help out with the toy, and the merchant checks out Echo and mistakes him for a droid, and he tells Hunter that he's willing to buy him for 2,000 credits. And Hunter's like, oh, shit, that sounds kind of good. He goes over to Echo and he discusses it with him for a second. And Echo's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and Hunter's like, don't worry, you'll be back in a second. It's, it's no big deal. And Echo's like, fine, but I'm worth more than 2000 And uh, so Hunter <laughs> counteroffers. He's like, 4000 But they ultimately settle on three. And uh, Echo and Hunter make their way to the uh, to the merchant. As Omega notices some puppies from a galaxy far, far away walking behind her. And uh, again... Curiosity killed the cat. She wanders following the puppies and they steal her fucking toy. So ultimately, you know, she just heard from the stranger yelling at her. If you break it, you buy it. What happens if you lose it? She's obviously thinking, well, shit, we don't have the money for that. I have to go get that back. So she chases these pu these puppies, you know, losing sight of Hunter and uh, and the rest of the team. But, you know, lurking in the shadows, watching her is uh, Fennec Shand, who's watching her run from Hunter and Echo. And uh, back with the merchant, Hunter sends Echo with the uh, with the merchant, and then turns to find no Omega, and he panics and begins his search for her. And uh, Omega's still chasing the fucking puppies, uh, but she's she's still overwhelmed by the streets that Pantora is host to. You know, she's like, "There's a lot going on. I am not around anybody I know." And if you have anxiety, this is another scene. It reminded me of uh, End of the Spider Verse, mm. and that scene where. Miles Morales uh, is hearing his thoughts really loud and he's, he's walking through the hall and he looks at everybody and he can hear his thoughts like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. So he's just in a panic because his anxiety is overtaking him. And that's exactly what this scene felt like to me. And if you have anxiety, you felt this feeling in particular. And it's not fun, not particularly fun. But uh, in a moment of this panic, she's approached by Fennec Shand, who uh, reassures her that uh, things will be okay. And they begin walking together. And I like that, like, Fennec Shand, uh, delicate touch. She knows what is needed for different situations. She's an intelligent person. She doesn't just come up and grab the random child. You know, she's like, come on, I'll help you. It's fine. Just walk with me to my ship. 
<laughs> you know, back with the merchant, he orders Echo to take charge of a group of droid group of droids, and uh, a protocol a protocol droid approaches, just talking a whole bunch of shit. He's like, you know, I'm in charge. And Echo turns, and uh, the thing realizes, oh fuck, this is no droid. And uh, the droid threatens threatens to snitch. He's like, I gotta go tell my employer what the fuck going on. Uh, and Echo's like, nah, fuck all that. Here's this gun I got. <laughs> uh, and he threatens the rest of the bunch of droids. And uh, sure enough, he's got a nice team of droids under his thumb after threatening all their lives. Yeah, the good old, no, I think you misheard. I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Hunter, still in a fucking panic. He finds the toy that Omega has been uh, had been holding before, and he continues on his path toward her. And we cut to Omega and Fennec, where Omega thanks her again for helping her. And Fennec says it's no problem. She asks if she's hungry, and uh, Omega's like, yeah, but the thing is, I have zero dollars. <laughs> and uh, Fennec then slyly steals some fruit from a merchant, knocking the fruit down, kneeling down to pick it up, and storing some of it in her helmet, which is nice and nifty. Didn't seem too incredibly low-key. Not gonna lie, when she as she was doing it, I was like, "This woman doesn't see her sticking those fruit in her helmet." But uh, <laughs> you know, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But you know, as uh, as Fennec had knelt down, Omega notices the blaster on Fennec's hip, and uh, Fennec tosses her a, a a piece of the fruit, and Omega says, "But you didn't pay for these." And Fennec's like, "You know, it's hard to break the rules sometimes. You can steal from people." And uh. Omega asks about her blaster. She's like, okay, what, what's what's going on here? And, uh, you know, Fennec goes full Second amend- Amendment. Gotta protect yourself. Galaxy's a dangerous place to be. And Omega's like, yeah, thank goodness I have my group of friends who have allowed me to get kidnapped by a bounty hunter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Omega offers her a spot on the team. You know, she's like, if you're alone, you can come with us. And uh, Fennec humors her a little bit. You know, she says that's the best offer she's had in some time. I thought that was a cute little moment. uh, You know, Omega's really... This showed me that Omega's extremely trusting of Fennec. And Fennec is not not afraid to abuse that trust. You know, like... Omega's just so innocent. Yeah, exactly. And and Fennec will take full advantage of that as much as she possibly can. Yeah. I also knew in this situation, obviously, Fennec's a bounty hunter. She's not going to join, but part of me was just like, damn, if she just fucking joined them. Oh, they'd be unstoppable. They'd That'd be lose. so cool. They'd never lose. But wouldn't that be a cool storyline for Fennec, like, up to where we find her later on? Is that, like, she was yeah. part of the Bad Batch for a while? Part and of the Bad Batch for a while, <laughs> finally just, you know, dipped for a bit. I don't, maybe, know. I don't know. I'm here for it. I think Maybe that's how Boba found her and fixed her up. What if? What if? In the Ahsoka series, we've got Tamara Morrison confirmed to be in all sorts of Star Wars properties. Do you think there's any chance we get any old man Bad Batch stuff? Like, they make they make appearances as old fucking men. I would love I, it. I would I love, love it. it. But I think most of those, like, because that's the guy who voices them all, right? Yeah, uh... uh no, Tamara Morrison's the one who plays plays them in live action. Gotcha. I was gonna say I feel like most of those is gonna be from uh, old man, like Rex or pe- things like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But uh, you know, uh, from behind the Omega and Fennec, who is 
just been offered a st- spot on the Bad Batch. Hunter runs up and he yells for Omega. Fennec turns and holds Omega's shoulder, and Hunter tells her to, uh, you know, step away from her. You know, it's cool. Just come this way a little bit. And Omega's like, why? This one, she's helping me. You know, we're cool. She's helping me look for you. We're chilling. And uh, Fennec puts her helmet on and says, yes, Omega and I were getting to know each other. And uh, Hunter grabs the knife at his back, and Omega's starting to get a little sus, and then <laughs> looks to see Fennec, Fennec's hand hovering over her blaster, and she's like, oh, I'm in a bit of a tissy, aren't I? This isn't uh, this isn't particularly good. And uh, the fight breaks out, Fennec firing, and uh, Omega jumps up and grabs her arm. I was like, hey, okay, Omega, I see you. She was really, uh, I mean, that's a smart move in that situation. I wouldn't have thought to do it, I don't think. She's I'm about it. Intuition is is pretty is pretty dope. But uh, he he she yanks the yanks her arm down to avoid her shooting, and uh, Hunter fights back. But it doesn't last long, and Fennec has Hunter pinned with a knife pointed at him, and Hunter tells Omega to run. And I felt like it, it, it's obviously not a direct callback. I don't think, but naturally, since it happened three episodes earlier, it felt like a callback. The Master Billipa telling Caleb Doom, oh, get the fuck out of here. Run. Mm. Oh. So I think I think it's maybe a example of how Hunter has already learned in this series. You know, may, may, maybe something like that. I don't think it's supposed to be or anything. It's supposed to be like, obviously, that's common sense. But he has been around a situation like this relatively recently. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, kind of like a cow Kestis in like yes. when Darth showed up. Those vibes. Those vibes. Rip, run, and then instantly just him. Yeah, it doesn't uh, it's, it's it's not a good situation. <laughs> but you know, ultimately uh Hunter overpowers Fennec after Omega has already ran off and he disarms her of the knife of his knife, uh but she quickly knocks him out with a headbutt. Like, okay, you got me here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you up real quick. Uh, knocks him the fuck out, and uh, the stormtroopers the stormtroopers approach and are like, "Yo, citizen, stop!" And uh, Fennec is forced to run away. Uh, but back at the ship, Wrecker has unearthed the signature key for Tech to get all the you know get all techy with, and uh, it took most of the ship's innards to find it. You know, he he really tore this ship apart. He didn't hold back, not in the slightest. <laughs> but uh. You know, just as they're about to get it all modified, Hunter comes over the comms. And he explains he's lost Omega, that a highly trained woman attacked them, and uh, Wrecker runs off. You know, he's like, "I'm on it." And I love that this is—that's the Wrecker we've come to know, and we do see how it backfires here in a moment. How he is quick to action, little to thinking. Uh, but I, I like—I like those details we get about Wrecker is that he's always like, "Omega's in trouble. I am running towards her." I do not need to hear any more information. Mm-hmm. But uh, ride or die, ride or die. Uh, just a, just a nice big brother. But Hunter says that uh, he's made some noise and uh, Tech needs to get the ship moving so they can get off this fucking rock. And uh, Tech explains that at the moment it's hardly a ship. We need some uh, some droids to get up here and work on this thing. And thankfully, Echo has the perfect team for that sort of assignment. And uh, the protocol droid's like, yo, Echo, we can't leave our post, man. That's that's just not going to fly. And even if we could, we can't get these restraining bolts off. And Echo's like, well, fine, I'll take care of that. There's a reason I'm the supervisor. I got a freaking screwdriver as a hand. 
<laughs> takes off all their takes off. I got a screwdriver as a hand. He just takes off all their restraining bolts and we're off. You know, the merchant is amazed to find that this uh, incredibly man-shaped droid was, in fact, just a man, not a droid. Yeah, a cyborg. Yeah, you know, and Echo Echo retorts, he's like, you got me for a bargain. He's like, Hunter, hoard me mm. out, and you got me for 3,000 credits. I'm worth at least 10. Hmm. You know, still running. Omega dodges her way through the streets of Pantora. And uh, Fennec still on her tail, and Omega finds a sewer hole. She decides to dive on down, you know. And back at the ship, Tech has found her through the security cameras and is uh, informing the team of her position. Uh, and he sees Fennec follow her into that that same sewer hole. And, uh, underground, Omega and Fennec continue the chase. Omega runs into someone. She yelps. You're like, ah, fuck! What's going on now? But thankfully, it's just Wrecker. He, uh, he picks her up, and she, she wraps her arms around him, leans her head into his shoulder, so it's, like, real, real big brothery. Like, it's like, <laughs> this is, like, this is her protector, you know, and she knows that. She's comfortable with that. And I thought that was cute as hell. <laughs> but, uh, Aww. you know, he over over his shoulder, Omega sees Fennec, and uh, she's like, oh, shit, you gotta, like, do something. And, you know, he sets her down, tells her to get to the ship. He'll handle this. And uh, Omega starts up the ladder, and Wrecker tells Fennec, you mess with the kid, you mess with me. And in classic Wrecker fashion, throws that helmet on, he gets he gets that foot kicking like he's a fucking bull about to charge. <laughs> and then he just runs. He's like, I'm going to plow over this person. <laughs> uh, uh, Fennec has other plans. <laughs> yeah. She just, she swiftly knocks his ass out by spinning his head into the wall. <laughs> and uh, one move, one move. That was that. Wrecker was done. Poor so guy. I like, I like this too. Is that another thing they've done well at showing us is that none of them are incredible on their own. Mm. They all have things that they benefit from having the others around. Yeah. Like that's even, deep. Like Wrecker needs the minds of the others, obviously. But we see that even Hunter here. Like someone who seemingly has most of his shit together. He obviously needs the team around to take after Omega as of right now. He can't do that on his own yet. He's made that abundantly clear to me. Anyway. What are you talking about? Like, he's only lost her like three different times. Like Tech couldn't remove all those engine parts without record. Without record. You know? I... Hunter wouldn't have been able to do what he did without selling Echo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they all, they, like, and I like that that's always always the idea is that they all need help from each other. We're at crosshair though. <laughs> I mean, you're, my man. you're right. But you know, Oh, uh, oh, oh, that moment. I forgot about that moment in the episode where they saw crosshairs gear. Oh, and they're like, wait, that was yeah. last episode. Yeah. I thought it was this one. No, that was last episode. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, Fennec blows right past Wrecker after knocking him the fuck out, and she's right behind Omega on the ladder. Where at the top, Omega finds herself overlooking Pantora on some sort of tower. And uh, back of the ship, Echo and the droids have found that Tech was speaking facts about the state of the ship, you know? And I like that we're introduced to this little droid, Clink, with the, <laughs> with the, with the feet and the arms. He just, mm-hmm. like, wobbles around like a, like a little person, but with an astromech body. Mm-hmm. And I really fuck with Clink. I love Clink. 
I want more clink. <laughs> Dude, they don't miss. The droids, they don't miss. They don't no, fucking miss with the droids. If there's anything that'll make Star Wars feel like Star Wars, it's a team of fucking droids, bro. Mm-hmm. And introducing a team of droids into this episode was officially where I went, this is Star Wars. And then after that, getting a speeder chase, mm. Mm, fuck, bro. Like, this is just... And the police sirens that go... <laughs> I love that noise. That's such a Star Wars <laughs> noise. Exactly. But, uh, at the top of the tower, Omega is knocked off balance, and she's uh, forced to hang from the ledge. And uh, Tech informs Hunter of the situation. He's like, yo, I've got eyes on Omega. She is definitely hanging from... Yo, tower. can we talk about the purpose of this tower? What's the purpose of this tower? I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I've got to guess <laughs> that it's like an access point that for some reason is unreasonably high and has an unreasonably long ladder below ground. But like, there's no reason to... To be on that catwalk, like what? What? <laughs> I mean, maybe do? it's like a no. Maybe it's like for uh, like technicians to like co- go to like get down in there. They drive a little speeder up there, hop off, <laughs> climb down <laughs> instead of having to go down, get in the dirt, maybe, go down on the maybe ground. Maybe they've got a real rain problem on Pantora, and these sort of things can like uh, mm, help funnel the water system. You know, like it uh, it really it really helps handle that sort of thing. Okay. Okay, I can get behind it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean it is what it is. But <laughs> nice, nice, Kyler. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tech informs Hunter of the situation, of course, and Hunter's like, uh, "The fuck, hanging from a tower?" <laughs> and uh, as it happens, someone is pulling up on their speeder right next to Hunter, and he doesn't hesitate to steal that shit. That's his <laughs> speeder now. I need it. And uh, this poor guy. Let me tell you, uh, I don't think this is his last appearance in the episode. And if I'm right about that, his second appearance in the episode just really made his day all the fucking worse. If I'm right about it. I don't know if it's for sure the Wait, same what? guy. But I'll, I'll get to that later. That guy appeared uh, in the episode more than once? Yeah, once this unfreezes, back Colton's tower, you know, repeat himself. Because I'm actually kind of interested to hear what he yeah. has to say. Uh, but her grip slips. Luckily, she is... Dang it, that was actually interesting. Fennec Shan, which is... Uh... Yay, Colton. Oh, I heard... Yeah. Is he back? You're going to have to repeat yeah, everything you just said. Because we did. you you froze out after... This is the second time he's appeared in the episode. And if if I'm right, because we... Both me and Joe were both like, What? He appeared again? I kind of want to hear this. I I was saying that like that he does appear a second time, I think. And that second time, his day just just goes from bad to fucking worse. If I'm right. If I'm right. And I'll I'll get there. I'll get there later. But but uh, I'm so confused. I'll get there. I'm I'm just bringing it up now. Uh, Back at the tower, Omega hangs for a moment. Uh, but her grip slips, and luckily she is caught by Fennec Shand. And uh, Hunter is fast approaching. He sees Omega dropped in the back of a transport speeder, followed closely by uh, Fennec Shand. And Fennec pulls out the nine. She starts blasting. When uh, Underground Wrecker wakes and realizes he's got to find Omega. But uh, Tech tells him uh, not to worry and just to get back to the ship. And uh, this little detail told me that uh, they were like, we don't know what to do with Wrecker. We need to write something off for the rest of the episode. So the rest of the episode, he will be trying his best to get back to the ship. That's all. Mm. That's the rest of his arc. 
And I appreciate that, that they were like, all right, let's get like a tad bit lazy with this tiny part. You know, as shots fire, Omega realizes she uh, she may be able to help. And she pulls a lever that causes the contents of the transport to begin falling out of the back. And uh, Fennec is taken out by the falling cargo. And uh, Fennec and the cargo land on a speeder nearby. And this is the second time I think this guy makes an appearance. I think this guy got his speeder, his speeder bike stolen. Said, fuck. I gotta go get to my car. Got in his car. Got his got his shit hijacked by a bounty hunter, and got hit by some fucking falling cargo, and then got thrown from a ship that was like thirty feet in the air. I think it was the same guy. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, that poor dude. If it is, man, that seems that's what's dead. Where they were. Dead. Where they would have it be the same dude, just so that way it'd be funnier. The fact that the same dude is just think getting, it was. Just just getting like, fucked on. And there's one moment here in a second that like really, really makes me think that's what happened. Uh, it's where Fennec and the falling cargo, you know, they land on that speeder, and then we cut to the the driver of the cargo transport who is just fucking vibing. So I got to think that they like they inserted a little more comedy in this episode than they. Uh, than they have in the in the past episodes, and that was this dude getting a speeder bike stolen, we and need then to his see actual the, speeder stolen. We need <laughs> to see the guy. untold stories of the people who like got down bad because of the main characters. You know, yeah. How many people got like it's, tortured because of the, the main people? Characters? These are the people Wanda put in Westview. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, what what I need is I need a Disney released soundtrack of Star Wars music that just that Star Wars people jam out to because this dude was just fucking jamming. This dude was vibing to something that like actually slapped. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need. I need some real like officially endorsed Star Wars music. <laughs> That'd be outstanding. But you know, as more cargo falls out, Omega, you know, must grab on to one of the straps that was uh, holding all the cargo in. And uh, as it falls, nearby cops join the chase. You know, they're like, oh, shit, got to follow that. There's a bunch of cargo falling out of it. And uh, Fennec hijacks the speeder that she fell on and commences her chase. And as Hunter's speeder catches up to a hanging Omega, Fennec runs him down, knocking him over nearby buildings. I was like, oh, he is out of here. You know, like he (laughs) just perfectly fell right over that wall. And uh, Fennec then turns around and just straight up murks the cops that were chasing them. Like she's like, you know what? If there's anybody here. Who I am comfortable, no questions asked, killing. It's these feds. She, she turns around and just pops one, the other one crashes into the other. And I She's got that action, plain and simple. Whenever Fennec, whenever Fennec, bro. She's been as hesitant as possible to be about yeah, that. Yeah, bro, but nah, when it's Fennec Shand, bro. She don't hesitate. I'm up in the damn score, yeah. She says, if I, like, it's holding this straight up like you said. She's like, yo, your life is expendable to me. She will not hesitate. (laughs) Like, that that shit is, she takes that shit into her own hands. Like, if I see the ops, I'm upping the damn score. You're right, though. You are right. But, uh, no, but by by now, after she's been able to turn around and murk these cops, uh, Hunter's made his way back around. And uh, he fires on her speeder engine, making it fall from the sky a little bit. And uh, as Omega falls, he's able to swoop down and catch her in time. And he says, uh, strap in, you know, we're not done yet. And he, he, he yanks back on the brake, slams that shit, flies past uh, Fennec Shan. And he throws that one explosive that the guy wouldn't buy earlier and gets Fennec off their fucking back. She jumps out of the ship. 
watches them speed off. The, the, the thing explodes. We get that shot from the trailer that we saw of Fennec Shand. The only thing we knew Fennec Shand was going to be in here for. And there it was. And, uh, you know, Fennec limps, limps from that explosion watching them speed off. They only had that explosive because of the Empire. Because that guy wouldn't deal, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, he had a reputable business because of the Empire. Well, there's also, there's also the fact that I like, I like little details like this, like, like (laughs) that. The, the merchant denied them that sale. And also earlier in the episode, Wrecker tried to persuade Hunter to keep it. Mm -hmm. Wrecker earlier in the episode was like, we don't, you don't need to bring that. We need firepower. And Hunter's like, well, what we fucking need is credits. What we fucking need is food. Yeah, he's he's like, we don't need no fucking bomb. Turns out he needed the bomb. And, uh, Intuition. and what he didn't need was his friend, because he sold his friend. What what he didn't need was food. But uh <laughs> you know, we cut to Wrecker who is still running to the ship, and uh he complains that he's missing all the action as the cops rush past him. And it's and I did you guys hear me? I cut out earlier, but did you guys hear me when I was talking about how it's funny that this is what they did for the rest of Wrecker's storyline? They were like, we can't think of another thing to do with him, so the rest of the episode, mm. he's running back to the ship. <laughs> and because he's big, he's really slow. That's smart. Yeah. Fair enough. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And he was he was just really bro, running. Yeah. My man was just a victim, bro, of just like, hey, we gotta give runtime somewhere, so like, yo. Wrecker, your storyline, it's going to be pretty limited this episode. They did him dirty. They got my man out here running like... character that they do dirty continuously, it is Wrecker in terms of screen time. Well, yeah, they can just fall back on making him like the dumb, like, just like the the shaggy. They can make him the shaggy of the show. They can (laughs) make him the... That's a phenomenal analogy. The shaggy of the show. Yeah, and like it sucks, but it's also works every time. Every time, it always works. Well, think about how like methodical, methodical Hunter is, and then think about like how like Echo is just kind of like monotone, like more synthesoid than anything, and then like all these dudes are just kind of like nerdy outside of that, and Hunter is like kind of like a grizzled like. Like, my man's been through that, but, you know, still, it's just funny that Wrecker just gets to be, like, the shaggy dude, just... He's always bringing the comedic relief. Yeah, absolutely, or just being the dumbed-down-like character, like... Oh, absolutely, absolutely, I see it for sure, but, uh, you know, back at the ship, the droids declare the ship repaired! And uh, Echo passes the workers back onto their protocol droid, and uh, they go on their merry way. You know, we get that last shot, a classic shot of a group of droids that we've seen millions of times before where we get that that angle of them all being like, yeah, we did our thing. Time to go. Uh, you see it in the Clone Wars a million fucking <laughs> times, especially in that last arc where Ahsoka escapes Order 66 with the help of droids to save Rex. Like, it's it's a very, it's, it's a very, very Star Wars thing, and I love it. But uh, Hunter and Omega arrive back to the ship. Wrecker follows short of breath, but not far behind. And uh, then the little piece of shit ratted on them is like, uh, he comes screaming. He's like, no, you can't leave. She hasn't paid me yet. No, please. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they take off as the, the the bitch boy whines and they find themselves back in space again. Sweet, sweet flight. And uh, Hunter tells the team that she has to be a bounty hunter. And Omega isn't familiar with the term. She's like, what the fuck is that? And they explain it to her. 
You know, she's she's somebody who was paid to look for targets. And Tech's like, turns out, kid, looks like you were that target. And she is that's a that's a terrible thing to tell a child. Can we back it up real quick? There's yeah, a part of the episode that keep that seemed kind of sus to me. And it was that guy who owned that like dock or whatever. Yeah. The landing area. Like Phoenix Shans said, like, don't let them leave. But and he looked at that droid all suspicious, like he was gonna do something with the droid and that they were fixing the ship, like maybe he was gonna take a part of the ship that would make him not fly. You know, like you got he got he gave like a suspicious looking look to something. And then it ended up like, oh nope, he didn't do anything. Like he just let him leave. Like straight up. I didn't catch that. That's interesting. I uh it wouldn't surprise me if that's something they kind of added into the story, but then we're like, that's too similar to the Mandalorian. Like, potentially, I know exactly. Tracker on their ship, you know, mm. like maybe that's a storyline they cut out that this guy put a tracker on the ship, but then they're like, oh shit, we literally did that in Mandalorian season two. Yeah, so, Joseph, I know exactly what look you're talking about, and I noticed it too, and thought, oh, I wonder yeah. what they're gonna do, and they yeah. didn't do anything. I kind of just shocked it up to. Well, the guy that, you know, the, the like, you know, dude that was in charge there that gave the look, he seems like he's kind of a bitch. Yeah. You know, and probably was like, hmm, I'm going to do something, and then saw a wrecker staying with the ship the entire time. He was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to chill here. <laughs> yeah. Guess I'm not going to do anything because I don't want to get my ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, record chimes in after they've said that Omega was probably the target. He's like, "Hey, let's uh, let's stop scaring the child. How about it?" And um, Hunter says that they uh, they must figure out who she is and who hired her. And uh, but back on Pantora, Fennec meets with the little fuckboy, and she uh, she pays him his money, asks if they ever come back, let her know. And Fennec gets on, gets on her calm and says, "The target got away, but she'll find her." Fennec looks to the stars. And we fade to black. So what we've settled on, it seems like, is that she's talking to the, she's talking to the Kaminoans. Yeah. The fact that they did not show who she's talking about tells me it very well could not be. The Kaminoans have been a part of this story. It would make sense that if they had placed the bounty, they would have expressly said the Kaminoans have placed a bounty on Omega. So, the speculation Joe put out earlier, Palpatine is somehow involved, but it sounded like your speculation required the Kaminoans to be in charge of this. Not really. Like, the Kaminoans put the bounty out on her because they owe her to Palpatine. Uh, Maybe. I mean, or Finnick could be talking to, like, I don't know, like a... I kind of took know, it Boba as she was talking, or like talking maybe to like Palpatine a, directly. I kind of took it as she was talking to whoever like she got like because you know how whenever they send bounties out, they're sending it out to a bunch of people, and she could have been sending it out to whoever her guy was that like collected bounties for her, her and like them. the grief carga of yeah, like her grief carga. I couldn't remember his name. Okay, okay um, that's, fair. that's that's, that's kind of who I was thinking she was talking to because I kind of doubt regardless that she would be talking directly to. I think uh, the like reason a, a they didn't show it is just it, it didn't matter. Like, you got yeah. the idea. Like, I guess. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that could be something more though. Maybe it could be like this is a suspicious, you know, this is a like maybe a seed just, that they're planning. Maybe it's just like uh Fennec Shan just keeps like a captain's log of everything she does and she says Is Dooku day, still alive day, right now? Day seven hundred and forty eight. Is the target escaped. Dooku alive still? Dooku would have lo- would have died like a few weeks earlier. Yeah, so he's he's dead. So yeah. it couldn't have, it couldn't have been Dooku. Can't be Grievous. Grievous is dead. Yeah. Um, is he though? It could be. Yeah, he's dead. Because they said Obi Wan. No, they, if they, there was anybody that they like tried to bring back at this point in time, Grievous would be one of the most shocking. Which is interesting. There's you know, no he's way. So clearly collapsed dead. Okay, but. Joseph, let me ask you this: If if Grievous is dead, then how is there a video of him diving into the water after Kylo? Oh my! Shut up! Shut <laughs> up! Don't get out of here! Get out of here! This is a reputable show. Answer this me that. Reputable <laughs> after show. the <laughs> shit you've thrown out in the past, this is a reputable hey, show. Or, or at the least shit it's all spent. related to the or show, the and not just spent. memes. Uh, fucking like thirty minutes talking about during one of the during one of the Patreon episodes. It was come. It was come. We, we don't have to talk about, about it. We don't got to talk about it. <laughs> we don't, don't... Gotta talk about it here, Kyler. Don't go snitching. Nah, I had to. That was a good. We don't got to talk about it. All right. That was a funny conversation. That's no, but make like, if you buy if the Patreon, looking for extra Patreon content, uh, you get a lot more of us talking about random shit it's not just star wars at that point no but like it's a lot of shit like it's a lot you get a segment in the patreon in which we i pose the question are there any words that aren't disgusting that mean semen like are there are and, and see right there, I was gathering the word that would be the least offensive. Yeah, you were trying to think. See, I was doing the opposite. I was thinking, what is the funniest one that I can remember off the see, top I of think, my head? I think if you're gonna try like okay, you to, ready? Say one spit one thing out about this. You ready? I mean like I Cole, have, I think I have the gonna, answer. No, no, Joseph, stop. I, I have think, the answer. No, Joseph, let me get it out, okay? Oh god. Okay. Colton, I think you did the best you could because, like, I think when in doubt, you got to go, like, scientific. You got to just go for, like, what would a, like, what would yeah. a medical professional call it? You know what I mean? I feel like if you go the safe route, that's as, that's as good as you're going to get. Are you going to be uncomfortable? Yes. But, like, just understand that, like, you've done the best you can. Well, here's also the thing. Here's also the thing. I want to warn people that that is absolutely the wildest topic of discussion you will find on Patreon. There's nothing that is more out there than that, I would say. Yeah, okay, I yeah. don't know. Yet. I Yet. don't know. Yeah, there's there's the possibility for it. I don't I don't doubt that we can build it. But that. I would say the least um, you know, provocative way of saying come <laughs> is is only if you're named Joe and it's called Jogurt. I call it my <laughs> Jogurt. No, I hate that. I hate that. We're gonna end so, the episode on that note. That may are, be the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's uh, my Jogurt. Baby. <laughs> but nah, let's let's wrap the show up and we'll dive into the Patreon exclusive. This was the Penny Bloom podcast. This was the Bad Batch Bitches. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Thank Joseph. Thank you very George. much for Thank having me. Much. And um if this is how I get sued, uh you owe me at least, I don't know couple drinks, I'd say. 
At least, at least, if we get sued, <laughs> we were. Could you prove it in a court of law? We are also joined <laughs> by Miles Muffucking Buttress. Thank you very much. Hey, anytime, man. I'm always down to down to talk. Would you be down to talk next week even? Ooh. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think I can fit that into my schedule. Wee. You guys hearing that a lot this semester. We were also joined by KBZ, Kyler, Barnett. Thank you so much, homie. Absolutely. Ab so lovely. <laughs> so again, this was the Penny Bloom podcast. If you want an extra I'd say hour of content, at least from this episode, go to patreon.com slash Bloom, where we have a 45 minute intro before the Bad Batch content even actually starts. We got some Star Wars talk. You'll get plenty of Star Wars talk there, but there's, there's so much more content on patreon.com slash Bloom. We've also got exclusive episodes from earlier episodes of the Bad Batch, episode one, two, three. You've got like a you've got like a collective four hours of extra content there at least so far, and only more to come. So go subscribe patreon.com slash Bloom. Go to Twitter, Twitter and follow at Penny Bloom Pod on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Fuck boys, I'm ready for Bad Batch episode five. I'm ready for Loki, which will be starting in a couple weeks. Hype about that. That's not too far off. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves.